is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Morning, everybody. Um, a few weeks ago, I had a text from Graham which said, uh, it's so good that you're back because uh, something really good is happening in Jubilee. There's a new thing happening and we really feel the presence of, of the Lord with us. And uh, so my first opportunity uh, to be here after Pam and I got back from Malta, I sensed that renewed presence of the Lord. And... Uh, I just want to ask a question initially of us all. Do we expect God to show up when we meet together? Is it something that we feel should be automatic? You know, because we're good Christians and when we come together, God should come. God should show up. And uh, I don't just mean, you know, that Yes, we sing songs and we feel good about what we're doing because sometimes we can mistake that for having a real sense of the presence of God. But do we just expect God to automatically show up and to work in our lives and to work amongst us and to change us? Do we? Is, is that what we expect when we meet together? Because I, I ask the question because I guess that uh, in a varied audience like this, uh, there are people who come with actually no expectation at all. And there are others who come with some expectation that it's, well, it's going to be the same as it was last Sunday. And there are other people that maybe come with more expectation than that. We've been hearing about the grace of God this morning, and God is so gracious. If he wasn't gracious, he would never, never, never come and spend any time with us. It is by his grace, because we, we don't deserve to have the presence of God among us. Even as God's people, we don't deserve it. Because everything we are and everything that we have and everything that we do is by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said he worked harder than all the other apostles, but he said it was only by the grace of God. So he, he didn't claim any merit uh, for that. But... I, I want to suggest to you this morning that we can't necessarily automatically expect God to come and be in our midst and work in our lives and do the things that we would like to see God doing in our midst. Because the grace of God teaches us not just that God is gracious and he will give us what we don't deserve, but the grace of God teaches us that we also have some responsibility. And I believe that 
to, for us to expect that God is going to be working and moving consistently in us as a fellowship or in any church, we actually have to spend time with God. It's not just a case of we expect God to come to us. We actually have a responsibility. That is, we have the ability to respond. That's what responsibility is all about. God gives us the, res- the ability to respond to his grace. I remember uh, years ago when uh, I was the manager of a builder's merchants in, uh, on the Wembley Stadium trading estate. Before we opened the branch, it was, a, it was a new branch for this company, I had to work through the whole Sunday until the evening. And I went to the evening service feeling tired, and I had really no expectation. But actually, right near towards the end of the service, the power of God came upon me and uh, gave me this prophecy for, for the church. And uh, actually... the me and the rest of the meeting was just set alight. So God does come in his grace and come amongst us. But I just want to read a verse from Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. This is Peter and John. They are in the presence of the rulers of Israel. And it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And it is just as important for us to be with Jesus as it is for him to be with us. Because actually... When we discipline ourselves to spend time with the Lord and live consistently in his presence, when we come together, the presence of God will already be with us. And when we come together, in a sense, that presence of the Lord will be multiplied and magnified. And so I want to bring us a challenge this morning to spend time with Jesus and for it to be seen by others that we spend time with the Lord. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Well, actually, yes, they had been with Jesus for about three years. But Jesus had actually ascended back to heaven and he was no longer with them. And you would have thought that that would have sort of really been a, a discouragement for the disciples. Jesus, why can't you stay with us? Jesus, why can't you be with us? Why can't you help us? Why can't you guide us? Why can't you instruct us uh, as you have been? But Jesus said, no, it's necessary for me to go back to heaven so that The Holy Spirit who will be with you and for you and teach you just as I've been with you and for you and taught you. He will come and be with you. 
So although Jesus had gone back to heaven, they were still spending time with Jesus. I wonder, do you spend time with Jesus? You know, I think that's a, that's a funny question to ask a, a, a congregation of Christians. Actually, it's not. <laughs> because when I first became a Christian, even after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't spend that much time with Jesus. Now, you may spend time with Jesus. That's great. But I want to challenge those of us this morning who don't actually spend time with Jesus to begin to do that. Because people will notice the difference. They recognize that they had been with Jesus. What was it that uh, they recognized about the disciples, Peter and John? It was their boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and common men, they were astonished. And they noticed, they took note that they had been with Jesus. How had they been with Jesus? Well, first and foremost, they had obeyed what the Lord told them to do. And stay in Jerusalem until the risen Lord who ascended to the Father sent the Holy Spirit to clothe them with power. So the first thing was that they obeyed. And I want to suggest to you this morning, more than suggest, I want to say that when you deliberately and willfully that is through the exercise of your will, spend time with Jesus, you are being obedient to the Lord. Because that is normal, that is normal for the Christian life. Now I recognize that I'm now a retired person. And you might all be thinking, well at your age, yes, you should spend Plenty of time with the Lord. You've got nothing else to do. <laughs> Actually, I have. <laughs> but I do recognize that in my circumstances, I have more time than I used to. Because I don't have to get up when the alarm clock calls me at 6 o'clock in the morning to be at work for 8 o'clock and then be at work all day, having to exercise my mind in all the ordinary things of life and my job. I recognize that, but I also recognize the fact that over the last 50 years of my Christian experience, when I was a young Christian, I never saw it as really a priority. Maybe that was partly because the church I went to had a service every night, and especially when I was in my teens, I was down at the church every night. So that, for me, was, I suppose you could say, spending time with the Lord. But spending time with the Lord, the, the kind of thing I'm talking about this morning, is just you and the Lord. 
Just you go and shut yourself away somewhere and you spend time with the Lord. And I found that was the hardest thing. But it only really developed in my Christian life over years. So I'm not putting pressure on anybody or any sort of legalism this morning that you have to spend an hour or you have to spend half an hour or you have to spend a quarter of an hour. What I'm saying is there are benefits to spending time with Jesus. So they obeyed. Now they didn't just wait in Jerusalem, you know, and twiddle the thumbs. We're waiting. The Lord told us to wait, so we're just waiting. Waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're just waiting. Spending time with the Lord isn't just waiting for him to do something. Because we can have that sort of attitude. Well, you know, God is gracious and he he will just come and, you know, I don't have to even take any responsibility in this. The Lord will do what he wants to do. They didn't just wait inactively. You know, we, we have something coming up soon called devoted. And uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 14, when they went back to Jerusalem, it says, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So they were waiting for the promise, what Jesus had promised them when he said, I'm going back to heaven, but I'll send the promise of the Father upon you and you will be clothed with power. Yes, they were waiting for that, but they were not inactive in waiting. And when we spend time with Jesus, it's not an inactive thing. It's a proactive thing. Now, again, I have to confess that I used to find, and still do to some extent, I used to find prayer very difficult. I actually find it a lot easier to pray with others than I do to pray on my own. I don't know whether anybody else finds that's true in their experience. I find when I'm with a group of Christians, I get inspired to pray. And, uh, you know, I, I get inspiration from other people as to how I should pray and what I should pray for. And when I'm alone with the Lord, I find that more difficult. But it's not to say that I don't do it. And sometimes we have to do what is difficult, what we don't find very easy. And so to just shut yourself away with you and Jesus to spend time with him in prayer, it can be sort of really hard. It can be like, you know, an icebreaker trying to break through six foot of ice. You know, it it, it can be hard. But there are benefits and rewards 
if you stay persistent and devoted to prayer. Now, I think they were praying in all kinds of different ways. I think that they would have been thanking the Lord for things and they would have been praising the Lord for things and they would have been making supplication. They would have been pouring out their hearts to the Lord. They may have even been interceding for their own people. I think they would have been asking for understanding to understand the things that Jesus had taught them. You see, before he went back to heaven, he was with them for about 40 days and he was speaking to them about the kingdom of heaven. He was opening the eyes of their understanding. Initially, after he was raised from the dead, the Lord had to open the eyes of their understanding so that they could actually understand why it was necessary for him to have died and then risen again. You remember the two on the road to Emmaus. Now Jesus, even before he died, had been telling them, this is what's going to happen. We're going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, but then three days later, I'm going to be raised from the dead. And... All Peter seemed to hear on one occasion that's recorded in Matthew 16 is Jesus is going to die. And Peter rebukes the Lord, said, that's never going to happen to you. Peter seemed to have a natural ability to speak boldly sometimes. Sometimes he just spoke off the top of his head. That's not the kind of boldness that the Holy Spirit gives us. Because the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives us to speak is directed by him. And when Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Yes, that, that was revealed from the father by the spirit to Peter's heart. And he could boldly say it. But then Peter probably got a bit carried away. When Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, Peter's head probably maybe swelled a bit. And when he heard Jesus saying, I'm going to die, no, Lord, that's never going to happen to you. And Jesus had to rebuke him. They had to have their eyes opened. And I guess... I believe that they prayed about the things that Jesus had taught them. They prayed into their hearts. And they prayed for the kingdom of God to come. You know, Jesus talked to them about the kingdom of God before he left. And I believe that they were saying, Lord, Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let this promise come that you've promised. And so... In Acts chapter 2, they were still in prayer on the day of Pentecost. And suddenly, I like it when God does things suddenly. But even when he does things suddenly, it's because his people have been in obedience and they've been devoted to him. You know, sometimes we can be in prayer over an issue 
something that we, we pray about for ages and ages and ages. And then suddenly, God answers that. Suddenly. And maybe, you know, who knows? God will suddenly do something, even in this fellowship, far more than he's ever done before. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great for God to suddenly do something that was above and beyond our expectation or our understanding? Because God is able to do that according to the power that works in us. So I'm, pro- I'm sure that they prayed and received understanding. And that actually caused them to be bold. Because their boldness came from having spent time with Jesus because they were in obedience. Their boldness came because they'd been devoted to prayer. And the boldness came because they had a clear understanding of the kingdom of God and the purposes of God. You see, we can't speak boldly about what we don't understand. And our understanding of God's purposes, both for our lives individually and for the church collectively, it can't just come from what you hear on a Sunday. It can't just come from what you might hear somebody preach on the television or you on a DVD or a CD or whatever. It has to come because you spend time with Jesus. The boldness comes, the boldness to speak, that freedom to speak, comes from that understanding that comes from spending time with the Lord. Now, it says that they were astonished because they saw that they were uneducated and common men. Now, that, that's me. I've never been to university. I left school at 16. I'm just a commoner. But I do know what it is to have boldness in speaking the word of God. Because of the measure of understanding that God has given me. Are you able to boldly speak the word of God? I remember a time when I was really timid. I was having tea one day. I, 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 I was saved. I knew I was saved. Having tea with my dad and my two sisters. And all of a sudden I could hear, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. See, my voice is not that bad, is it? <laughs> and uh, I said to Dad, can you hear that? And he said, no. So I went to the front room of our house and I saw a group of people standing outside and they were singing Blessed Assurance. So foolishly, <laughs> I went back and I said to Dad, 
uh, th- there's a group of people outside and they're, they're having a, holding a meeting. So dad said, oh, let's go out and join them. And whew, <laughs> I, I just felt sick. I was afraid. But actually, when the Holy Spirit came and clothed me with power, when I was baptized in the Spirit, I was transformed. Because I wasn't afraid after that. In fact, there were several occasions when, because I was afraid in case any of my schoolmates saw me. And what would they say when I got into school the next day? But after I was baptized in the Spirit, I was no longer afraid. And I was able to witness to my schoolmates at school. I was able to speak boldly of what I knew. So this boldness doesn't come from education. It doesn't come from status. Even Paul knew that even though he had both. He was a highly educated man and he was a Roman citizen. So he had status and he had education. But when he wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 6, when he's talking about the armor of God, he says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul didn't depend on his education or in his status, he, he depended on the prayers of others and no doubt his own time that he spent with the Lord to be able to speak boldly. Now you might think, well, it, it's only preachers that need to be able to speak boldly. Well, no, it's not. Because it's not preachers that have the, the most impact upon the world. It's all of us. It's all of us by spending time with the Lord, devoting ourselves to prayer, devoting ourselves to the word, and consequently having a clear understanding of the gospel, of the purpose of God, of the kingdom of God. It is us that have the biggest impact. So if you've never been baptized in the Spirit and you may have been recently asking the Lord for that infilling and that clothing with power, keep on until you receive it. Keep on spending that time with Jesus. And for all of us, as Graham reminded us three weeks ago, you know, we are to... Keep on filled. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. And we can't just depend on God coming to us to keep filled with the Spirit. We have to. We have to 
devote some time to stay filled with the Spirit. And in our busy lives, I would say we have choices to make. We can choose, yes, to watch our favorite team on the telly. We can choose to watch our favorite show or we can, we've got lots of choices. But if we want to be clothed with power, if we want to be able to speak boldly as God wants us to speak, all of us, not just preachers, because it's not just living our lives, there is, there is power in our words, what we speak to people. Then we need to make the choice sometimes between one thing or spending time with Jesus. And I would encourage us all to make those choices that if we don't spend a regular time with Jesus, that we choose to not do something so that we can, so that we can know this boldness that Peter and John had. And it was something that was seen that astonished the Jewish leaders. They said, these men have been with Jesus. It was like, They were saying, well, Jesus is no longer here in the flesh, but, well, we're looking at these guys and we see Jesus again. And I know that that's my desire, to to be like that. I've I've still got a long way to go. I've been on this road for 50 years and I've still got a way to go. And I still want more from God. And I still want to be clothed with more power. And I still seek the Lord for that power. For that power consistently and renewed constantly. And I'm sure that that is the desire of everyone who is seeking the Lord here this morning. And there's going to be opportunity, I'm sure, uh, to seek the Lord uh, more. Not just in this meeting, but in your own time when you spend time with Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.